This is the Cast. All right, everybody. Let's brace ourselves. Get ourselves a pot of coffee, some tea, some kind of sage uh, diffusers. Get your diffusers I, out. Get your gold right brew, here. your nitro black Ready? gold brew can. Crack it open. Ooh, that oh, sounded that really good. That sounded that crispy good? on my end. Um, there we go. That's good. That sounded That's real good. crispy. Let's let's just ease into this one because fellas, ladies, gents of all ages, races, and sexes, we have to talk about the Canucks today, unfortunately. And sure. I we mean, have to do that. I I feel like we could just talk about Chang Chi. I haven't seen it, but I can pretend I have. Ooh, if it'll, mean I think you need to see it first because it's not that good. Really? Like, I, I've heard you're a big so Marvel many... guy. It's not great. I've heard so many people say it's really, really good. So I'm interested well, to know. And I, I trust your movie judgment very, I, like, very highly. I would here's I the put thing. you in the I am, upper echelon. So. I am a movie snob. And I use the caveat that, like, it's an enjoyable movie if you turn off your brain. Because... Well, okay. Okay. Uh, it's a movie where no character has an arc. No character develops. It's just they're there for CGI battles, and the CGI battles aren't that ha. interesting. Ha. Which battles go burr. <laughs> yeah, it's like the end battle sequence is like the typical like okay, the good guys have blue lasers and the bad guys have red lasers, and that way you can discern who's uh, bad oh. and who's good. And it's it's like two giant dragons fighting each other. Oh. Without getting to spoilers, no it's spoilers. it's neat concept. But it has nothing to do with the characters, and it's very interesting. But interesting. it's if you like like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or like Kung Fu movies, there's a oh, lot I've... of really neat stuff in the movie where you're actually like it, you forget you're watching a Marvel movie, and you actually appreciate it for it being actually on its own. But that's when you're good, that's a good, that's a good, that's good. That's good that's... because a lot of the problems that we have with the MCU or I have with the MCU is that they're, it's just so flat and everything could be the oh. same series. It could be the same yeah. character. A it lot. doesn't really, there's nothing different between it. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy is so good because it is so different than everything that preceded it. That's this why this one Thor is Ragnarok more is really good for like, compa- especially compared to like yes. the other Thor movies. Like that's exactly. A, yeah. It's, yeah, the breaking of the mold is what sells these movies to me. And this movie was just like, oh, God, like, I don't care about any of this. The character is not interesting. Unfortunately, the actor, too, I think is really bad. Like, oh, he no. was so monotonous and just he's like, uninteresting. Convenience, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, isn't he's he like, like supposed a, to be like a comedic actor, Canadian? but he isn't funny in it. Interesting. OK, so like, I don't want to spoil it, but like this convert, this doesn't really impact anything in the story but i'll try i'll try to say this in the least spoilery way but towards the end of the movie they're having this big giant battle right and and one of the characters has someone die right in front of them in like a very horrific way and they cut to the actor reacting to this person's death and it's just like stone face no reaction just like nothing and then this character does something action filled cool like literally like three seconds later and then they react to how cool they were in like a very like tony stark like whoa that was rad kind of way and it's so jarring because they devote so much time to watching this character die in a horrific way and then at the end of the movie they're recanting this battle they experienced and they're like like 
joking about it like oh so wacky all these crazy things happened like you wouldn't believe it there was some dragons some phoenixes yada 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 and then the guy from kim's convenience like says with no hint of acting or emotion or anything he just stares at this other character and he goes yeah we lost a lot of good people that day and then it, then that's the movie that's it and it's like if you, like we all love charit, we all love charismatic people. Are you sure you weren't MCU watching movies? like an airplane version, like a no, like you no, accidentally like you movie. accidentally watched the West Jet, the West Jet edition no, or something I, where they cut? Like, I did watch the actual parts. movie. It was, I mean, like I said, if you turn your brain off, it's fun. Like like fun things yeah. happen. There's some really funny stuff in it that I actually wasn't expecting. But like when you take it for as it is, as like an actual Marvel movie it's really underwhelming, especially because we're coming off of Avengers, like uh, Endgame part Endgame. two. We're coming off of Loki, which was unreal. Like we're coming off like a lot of very good quality shows. Yeah. Like we're coming off really tight, con- like concise stories with like good development and characters. And then to go to like this just CGI mess, it's like, Oh yeah. Marvel's done a really good job of like, at the very least, like even they're like, were even they're like duds aren't, like terrible by movie yeah. standards like you can they're still always enjoy them they're, yes uh and the way that i always put it like is like what the marvel movies is they're very much they're not they're i feel like there's always a difference between like a film and a movie like i feel like those are two very different things and sure. yeah what you're describing to me is very much like it's a movie it's a it's a it's you're not you're not watching it for the for the filmography you're not for the cinematography you're not watching it for the you're not watching it for the in-depth like uh analysis character analysis you're watching it because it's just a it's just a fun turn off your brain enjoy something mm-hmm. that doesn't make you sad because and especially we need that more than ever these days with the vancouver Canucks. yes we do as you can tell by our 10 minute intro in which we talked about uh mcu movies folks uh the canucks went on a three-game road trip uh where they faced off against colorado vegas and anaheim when you know it team no showed every single game they got outscored by a whopping 19 to 6 in three games uh no one looked good except for niels hoglander who i'm just gonna say it right now he is the infinity blocker winner for those three games and yeah i mean if we're evaluating the season to this point i think it's still him maybe Connor garland and jt miller like for their over the course of the full year um yeah yeah, over like from year to date okay i would and demko as well like obviously he had a rough weekend but like yeah overall demko's uh what demko has done is well what you could argue what demko has done to show him exactly how important he is like yeah he's demko is basically like he automatically gets the infinity blocker like we made the jokes like before our first game recap episode i said to you like okay you can't pick thatcher demko for every episode just because he's going to stand on his head and carry this team but now that we're 11 games or 12 games deep it is very apparent the only way this team has any success is if thatcher demko is a vesna caliber hashik like all-star goalie and even when he's at that level it's still not enough we said this in our last episode together. Like it's like all these guys playing above expected, like Tyler Myers, OEL, Thatcher Demko, these guys playing above where they 
are expected to be performing at, it still isn't enough for them to win games. And unfortunately, three losses in a row, everyone's fired up, caught up on all the podcasts uh, today at work while dealing with the rain. Uh, Everyone's mad. Everyone's looking for blood. Shocker. Uh, Shocker. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. But but Cody, Cody, people just, you know what? Like, people need to stop being so negative. They're going to, this is a great team. They're going to turn it around. No, no, they're not. This is a bad team. This <laughs> yeah, is such a bad um, team. <laughs> before we, before we get oh, into man. our real thoughts, we need to, we need to address some things because, for the last eight years, or I guess ten years, let's say for the last decade, if you've been following the Vancouver Canucks, you'll know that it isn't really the GM's fault or the players' fault or the coach's fault that this team is bad. It's the media and their negativity. That's, that's if right, you're so right. If, I forgot. If people weren't negative or tweeting out like, you know, like stupid facts like, oh, the team got outscored 19 to six and they've lost three straight or or like facts like, oh, they've only won three games in regulation. Like facts, you know, are just negative. And that's that's uncalled for, really, when we don't want facts. What we want is to hear, you know, about, you know, Vasily Podkolzin, like what he watches on Netflix and, um, you know, Connor Garland and, you know, the angry elf thing, like that's fun. And but also uh, they better not be on social media because then we will, that is true. You. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit both. We want to know what they're talking. doing on social media, but, but we also don't because they shouldn't <laughs> be on it. They should be practicing to be better players because otherwise th- <laughs> then they're not they're They don't care about the team and that's not fair to, to me, the uh, the hockey consumer, and 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 that's all we're really asking for is that that perfect towing the line of 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 the player just doing everything I want them to do, and the team just being good, but they're never bad, so it's okay if they're not, but they they need to be because I'm really mad. Uh, but your thoughts? Yeah, they're uh, yeah. You know, it's our it's 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 entirely our fault. You know, you and I, are, you and I are newer on the media side of things. We're not we the, are. you know, we're not. We don't have our. We don't necessarily have our our big sources yet. We don't necessarily <laughs> have the insider info yet. We're just yeah. writing about what we see, and that's very unfair of us. We we you know we shouldn't be right. We shouldn't be using the eye test to judge how good a team is. It's not fair. Um, because you're, uh, yeah it's not fair we you know we but also we shouldn't be using the uh the advanced stats either because that's we unfair should. you know yeah that about, is unfair that's that that lacks context yeah exactly it's too convenient um <laughs> it serves you know, your narrative but yeah it just serves your narrative but also it doesn't um it's <laughs> yeah like tyler myers you know has like a, a horrible expected goals for percentage but he also racks up a ton of minutes, and that's what matters. It doesn't matter yeah, what happens nice. with those minutes, but the the lock like look how much Darnell Nurse got paid for how many minutes he plays. So yeah, he's just, like six million yeah. is nothing for a guy who you know let bleeds chances against because he sucks at defending in zone. Yeah. You know that's he's, he's tall. He's tall. That's what we love, and that's that's all that matters is that he is tall. Doesn't yes. matter what he does with that tallness. He's just <laughs> tall, and we like that. So, um, no, yeah, the crease cast cares about two stats, height and weight. And uh, oh, sorry, three. And um, 
and social media posts per 60 because if it's too high then we don't want the player on our team because but if it's but if it's too low they're boring but Uh, if it's too low they're boring and they probably have attitude problems and yeah they're they're toxic yeah yeah they're toxic toxic. for sure that's that's why that's why Braden holby left oh geez oh poor god yeah, oh so anyway, folks, sorry. Okay, uh, we're, let's, we're let's on get like real a, we're here. We're on like a very conceited and the very sarcastic. We're on a very and... sarcastic both uh, mode Cause, today. Because the this problem is cope. for us, yeah, we, I mean, I've been like kind of like apathetic to like what this team's direction is for like the last few years. Basically, since I started covering the AHL team, like I just, yeah. like the writing was on the walls with how poorly of a job they've done developing players. And it's taken a lot of, a lot of time for other people to come around and I don't blame people for wanting to be positive, right? Like I'm not going to fault people for being trying to like, look at the the green grass and be like, you know, there's, there's stuff to have hope there's for potential. Yeah. But this the state of the market right now is that everyone is reaching that like apathy stage where they're like, like as much as I want something good to happen to this team, I don't trust that it's ever going to happen. So fuck it. Why should I bother caring anymore? Yep. And that's kind of depressing. Like it doesn't Super do good depressing. for you or I, like we want, oh. we want listeners. We want people listening to our radio show so we, they can hear us discussing like a team that's actually good. Like we want people turning into your Canucks armies articles and reading about like, you know, why X player played better than X player. They want, I want people to tune into my blog to read about AHL prospects that are never going to get developed. Like, you know, <laughs> like yeah. good teams result in better coverage and yes. more to talk about and it 100%. sucks it, it's tough for you and i when it's like okay we're coming into an episode and our show notes like to peel the onion back so you guys know we have a little google doc where we add show notes and our producer jacob is a uh, absolutely killing it with the show notes for us we love the work that he puts into them and it always sucks when we look at the notes and we realize we're talking about the same things every week with this team right now, because the problems aren't getting fixed. They're not getting addressed internally. And it certainly doesn't look like there's any incentive or actions by the management team or the ownership group to change the team externally. So you're left, you're stuck in this gray space where why are you following the team if you know they're not going to take any chances to improve the team the way it needs to be improved? And I'm sure you have some opinions on how it could be improved uh, because whatever they've been trying for the last eight years hasn't really been working. So uh, I'll move to you, Lachlan. Just how you're how are you feeling? The state of Lachlan <laughs> as he swigs his can of cold brew <laughs> get yeah, ready I'm, I'm, I'm preparing here here we go yeah that's fair because you kind of need the caffeine man like i i shot back my bevy too it's what we need to do we need the energy to go on these giant tangents about how poorly this team has been constructed <laughs> yeah so here we go let's 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 start with the fact that okay on sunday um i was watching the the ducks the canucks ducks game and I'm watching, you know, I, again, like a little bit, again, another kind of behind the scenes sort of thing. I use a tweet deck when I'm uh, watching games. Um, I use it because, uh, as you know, who also does Thomas Drance. I am, I am Thomas Drance and Taj. And Taj 1944. Hey, so am I. I, um, Whoa, what crazy. We're also Santa Claus. Um, this is, um, yeah. And 
Um, I have, and I was watching TweetDeck. I have a list. I have a list of where I keep like Canuck follows mostly. Like I keep the media kind of like the media are like significant fan kind of like list. And then I have like, my home screen where I kind of see a lot of the other Canuck tweets that come by. Yeah. Uh, so I have a good mixture of like a little bit of everybody. Yeah. And I have never seen it so dead on a yeah. game. Excuse me. On a weekend game uh, during the regular season. It was a it might as well have been a ghost town. Like there were still people tweeting. Like there were still people, some people talking, like the people like me who are the diehards, just, the ultra diehard types. Uh, diehard, too stupid to find a better hobby. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you want to call us. We're we're yeah. watching and we're not paying attention and we're paying attention. Um, but even I checked out like by the third period. Like I wasn't paying attention. Like I didn't, I straight up didn't care. Like they were they were losing four to one. I'm like, well, this game's over. And I yeah. I still had it on. Like I still had it, like was listening to it, but I was doing mm-hmm. something completely different. I was not paying a single lick of attention. I didn't care because they suck. They're a bad team. <laughs> and yeah. you were, you were doing, I think you were clipping, uh, you were watching I, an Abbotsford game. So you I was watching scared. an Abbotsford game. And so I missed most of the game and I, I put on Twitter at one point to post a clip of, I think Vinny Arsenault, like his headshot of something. And I noticed yeah. at that point, no one was really like my feed is mostly Canucks fans. And I saw nothing about the game except for, I think a tweet from like J pad about like the penalty kill getting scored on. And I was like, Oh, I guess it's a quiet night. And then I asked you and it was like, Oh, they're shit. They're playing, they're playing awful. And so I was like, Oh, so people just don't care anymore. No. And even if they were, had they done well, like they scored the first goal of that game. Like, yeah. Second, oh my God. Second. Oh my God. They did a second game in a row. Great job guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> they like, there was nobody there from puck drop. Like it wasn't a case of like, as soon as like the lead got up or something, people checked it left, left. It was a case mm-hmm. of no one was even there to start. It was yeah. dead. And that is unusual for this market. Like, I think that is extremely unusual for this market. Like, even in the worst years with this team, for a game in November to be that dead on social media is a telling sign. Like, you might think, oh, we read too much into, like, social media and what goes on there. Especially, like, especially Twitter, because Twitter is such a, is a case where it's, like, it's very much your feed is very, like, what you see it's an echo chamber if you're not like doing a a job of like curating and actually making sure you're following like a varying group of people and like and like ideas and whatnot so it can become Mm -hmm. a bit of an echo chamber but it was unusually dead for and no and people or other people noticed that wasn't just a me like my takeaway a lot of people noticed hey there is nobody here who gives a shit like nobody cares about this game and why should they the team sucks like they it wasn't just again for us, like it's not about the fact it's not about the fact that they lose. It's a how how you lose. It's how you're losing games. It's how you're winning games. The Canucks walked into Colorado, got a, te- a an Avalanche team that was playing without Nathan McKinnon, their best player by a country mile. Yes, they have Miko yeah. Rantanen. Yes, they have Gabriel Landeskog. Yes, they have Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram. They have great players, but they're missing an MVP caliber player on their roster. And the Canucks walk in and get their ass absolutely kicked. Like, yeah, 30 in 30 different ways. They were obliterated. Then you go into the game against Vegas. 
They actually score some goals. They actually get some offense going, but they get obliterated in the scoring sheet again, on the score sheet again, by a, a Vegas team that I think in the early going looks awful. Like they look bad. They're and they're an AHL team basically right now. They're missing half their players. Like they got yeah. Mark Stone back, but it was only his first game back. He was mm-hmm. literally came off of IR that day and yeah. played. He was not at a hundred percent. He was maybe no. at like 90 something, but he's not a hundred percent Mark top of his game, Mark Stone. And he came in and played amazing. And he, and he completely walked the Canucks. They're missing Alex Tuck because he got traded to Buffalo who had torched mm-hmm. the Canucks in previous years. They had near that team looked nothing like the group that the Canucks had played in the bubble last time they saw that team two years ago. And in the early going, the Canucks did a good job of actually keeping up on it. And then the Knights took over anyway. Just, just they were like, oh, okay, uh, it's time to take over now. It was like the Canucks could, could, there was nothing they could do. There was nothing the Canucks could do to stop it. And then there's the Anaheim game. Again, I think Anaheim is winning. Yeah, they've won a lot of games, but they're not as good as their record indicates. They're, I think they're better than I anticipated. Like in general, I would say that my opinion on how good they are has changed. Mm-hmm. But I still think they're middle of the pack. They're not like an absolute titan of the division, I don't think. And yet the Canucks made them look just like it. Like they <laughs> they walked all over them after they scored the first. The Canucks scored the first goal. Nils Hoaglander, again, only guy who showed up. And then the Ducks just took over, walked all over them. And and rookies, like rookies, were just taking over. Jamie, I think it was Jamie Drysdale had a really good game. Or sorry, Trevor's Trevor Zegers. Zegers. I forget. Yeah. I forget. They got a couple good guys there, but yeah, yeah it's like a three point night or something like that. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a disaster. And then uh, at Mr. and then Mr. Booth was like, "I, you have sixty seconds to reply to me. Like you have sixty seconds to reconsider <laughs> this." And I'm like, "Look, all I'm considering is what a great comedy tour I'm gonna start uh, preparing for." Um, but like, okay, and it comes down to this, like. It, it'd be one thing if this was a flash in the pan. It'd be one thing if this was just a, a blip on the radar. But no, this is not a blip. This is mm-hmm. eight years. This is the culmination of eight years of terrible management coming to coming to roost. It's it, 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 the, it coming back to bite you in the ass. This team is no good. And it's because of the fact that they have a terrible general manager. Jim Benning cannot build a hockey team. And the fact that he still has a job is honestly asinine. This <laughs> this guy should have been fired years ago. The fact that he's still here is insane. Like you guys know me. I'm not super confrontational about stuff like this. Like I I'm but I'm 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 so mad. Like this is like it, it, it baffles, it boggles the mind. And then you see people like going like, oh, you know what? Oh, I see what the problem is. You got to fire the coach. What is he going to do? What's yeah. he going to do? He's given a crap roster. I've like, said this. I've said that a hundred times. Like John Cooper himself could not come to this rot or this team and like suddenly God, make no. them a contender. Like you can't he do would anything. never want to because this team sucks. Yeah. What is the he? What is, sucks. what is a Jack Adams winner? Like what is Rod Brindamore? What is John Cooper? What are they going to do? What is Bruce Cassidy going to do with Madison Bowie as your third right shot defenseman and your left shot defenseman is Kyle Burrows on his offside or Brad Hunt, who's looked completely awful? Jack Adams means Jack squat in this case. Yeah. <laughs> like, is the perfect way of putting it. It doesn't matter who the coach is. That's the yeah. big problem. Like, okay, 
like, again, I feel like I have to clarify this every single time. I'm not like out here being like, oh, Travis Green is the greatest coach to grace God's green earth kind of thing. Like, it's not that. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't potentially better options out there than Travis Green in the long run of the, in the grand scheme of things yeah. down the line. The problem is, is that as long as the Jim, as long as Jim Benning is still the one choosing that coach and who it is, it does not matter. It does not matter who you bring in. It is because you're going to get the same results every single damn time because he doesn't know how to do his job. He has been trying for eight years to figure it out and he still hasn't. And I'm, I think I'm starting to think he might never figure it out. And it's kind of, this season is basically like how, how many off seasons have we been like, you know, all these bets eventually need to either pay off with playoff victories or they're just not going to pay off. And after back-to-back off seasons where the, where the team put pushed all their chips in traded their first round picks away, traded away a bunch of expiring deals for a bunch of bloated contracts. You just kind of knew, like they were basically saying, with this move, I I have planted my foot and said this is the team, the roster that is going to make it make it for us. And I don't know if planting your flag on OEL and Connor Garland was it, Chief. Like Connor Garland's been great; he's been like really good. OEL's played above expectations, but for seven point eight five million dollars, being on your worst production pace in your NHL history as OEL or, you know, Connor Garland looking like the only good forward on some nights and then on other nights being worthy of being benched for an entire period. Like that's not good enough. And the fact that those were the major bets to push the team over the edge, like that's terrible. And I'm with you. I'm like, okay, Benning should have probably been gone years ago. He should have been gone when he had that comment about, how the Sedin's contracts were the reason why he couldn't ice a better team. Like he blamed right. the, the generational talents, hockey hall of fame, shoe in ring of honor, shoe ins, retired Jersey shoe ins, all of the above, all the, all the superlatives you want. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. They even said they yeah. didn't care if you wanted to go full rebuild multiple yeah. times. They didn't care because they and, just want to see the team do well because they're literally the nicest people in the world who would rather put team success, connect, like the franchise's success over any sort of personal glory because the Sedins are that incredible. And Jim Benning's out here being like, oh, it's their fault. We we had yeah. to we had to try and win. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Shut up. Like, shut yeah, up. No one asked out. you. They did not ask you to go sign Louis Erickson to a six by six million dollar deal. They didn't ask you to go sign Verbata to a two year, $11 million contract. Like, they didn't ask for that. They were completely fine with whatever direction. So long as it helped the team, that's their didn't whole MO. Jared McCann for Jared, for, uh, well, for Branson. Erica I Branson. mean, Technically, the Sedins were probably some of the people that were like, "Yeah, McCann has attitude at issues," and but the reaction from the team should have been, "Let's send him to junior and let him work through his issues, and yeah, then we'll bring him a, up slowly." I feel Not like just, I feel like there's still a lot we don't know about that particular situation because also like, like why was like because Jake Vertanen is was also uh in that group, so 
we and we never got and like so what happened there like i don't know was it like well they, yeah I, mean, I feel like there are something we'll find like something we'll find out like when jared mccann retires and is asked a question about it like in 30 in like 10 when he's years on now when he's on spit and chiclets and 90 year old paul bissonette is still talking about how fucking dope his 20s were yeah i'm sure they'll ask him then what exactly happened in vancouver and i'm sure we'll I'm, there is going to be a tell all for this era of Canucks history. That is going to just be the most infuriating thing to read about. What's you know, it's going to come. Well, you know, what's infuriating is we've already gotten a couple and it didn't <laughs> matter. Like yeah. that had Sean Mathias on their podcast talking about how team he, didn't even talk to him, even though they said they did talk to him of it, like, and then, and like literally players like terrible players, like, uh, like not terrible. I shouldn't be so mean, but like uh, Tom Sestito is well, like when Tom Sestito is able to dunk on your general manager, anti-vax, uh, Tom mm, Sestito, ultra, yeah. ultra right wing, mm. uh, Trump guy, Sestito. Yeah. That's, that's a bad mm. look. Yeah. But, that's a, he should not have yeah. the, he should not have the moral high ground at any point. Yeah. Quick, here you are. Quick caveat. When we're saying, uh, awful or bad players, like in, in, reference to nhl players we're meaning we're not talking about we're scale, meaning no. relative to like the stars of the nhl not all of hockey's okay. player base because if yeah, tom no. sestito entered a beer league game he would fucking Obviously. dummy every single player on the ice because well to get to that level you still need this the speed and the skill to actually play pretty well and i mean in that particular case i might doubt that but sure uh, <laughs> I, see I i get i get where you're coming from i do get i i, I get the the point you're trying to make yes they're correct uh, I, God, this is really bad. But a kid from my high school was, um, he, who did he play for? He played for like the Red Deer Rebels or something like that. And he was, mm. he was like an overager. Like he was in the BC, BCHL when he was like 17 and 18, but he didn't have good production. Then he went to, to the WHL when he was like 21 and he like lit up the league and was like really good. And there's a story from my buddies where they, they were short players for their like, you know, just, rec really? hockey or whatever and so they asked him like hey can you come play for us just don't tell anyone like who you are <laughs> and he came in and he had like like 11 points in like oh, <laughs> in, like no. a single game God, and it was like against uh... like people like their age or whatever it just like wasn't even close and that was oh, like a God, kid yeah. who didn't get drafted so you just yeah. have to you just know like a tom sestito like some guy who did actually make it yeah. to the ahl and like the nhl would probably just yeah. like crush that's true. Yeah, very true. If I was the goalie on the other end of one of those ringer games, I would be livid. Yeah. I'd be livid. I mean, uh, granted, I would do very well. I would shut him down. I famously kept uh I famously kept Canadian winter club teams to less than five goals when the hey. rest of that's actually literally my like literally people like in one of the, the hockey organizations I played for in California, I'm most remembered for uh the one time they had a they had the hollyburn winter club from Ooh. north van uh Damn. martin jones winter club i believe oh, uh, among many nhl players i believe uh their team came up to the to our tournament that we had in santa rosa and of course they absolutely obliterated like every team by like every other team there by like 13 more than like every game they won was by double digits in oh, that Jesus. tournament they had to run running clock, except for our game. We were the only team. I, I was the goalie in net for that whole game. They wanted to put me in net as the Canadian goalie against the Canadian team. And That's why I they signed you to, to tier three and I held, uh, hockey. And, 
literally I and I held them to and I held them to five and was pretty proud of that, except for the fact that there was one goal where I I kind of flubbed like a dump in like on yeah. the on the shot. I draw I happened to just drop my stick at a wrong time. And as I was like grabbed it midair, it just kind of like caught me at the wrong angle and I ended up going in. And I was yeah. like, God, I could have kept him to four. Like I was so <laughs> mad. I was so mad, but like to the point where like literally their players were coming up to me and were like, You're you're pretty good. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, thanks. Guys. We're gonna find the we're gonna find the good game sheet for that day, and we're gonna print it out and frame it for you. I think I I think amazing. I do think I ended up with over 50 shots on net. So it was like oh, I had a, I, I posted a 900 save percentage in that game because Man, and so, it was, but we did a good job as a group. But either way, so you I basically digress. played like Thatcher Demko this weekend, where he stopped something like I don't know 90 shots but it wasn't enough because they still gave up 16 goals or 19. Yeah. You, you, okay. Yeah. This weekend we saw exactly what happens when Thatcher Demko isn't able to play at, like you said, Vesna caliber level or heart trophy level where he's, where he's just playing fine. Where he's just playing. Okay. Where he's just playing fine. That's a great way of putting it. Fine. And even Halak too, like Yara Halak did fine. Like there was, it was a case of, Oh my God, if they don't have, ultimate amazing goaltending they are screwed every single night and i I, like yeah this is and this is this team like this team has the the management team is only itself to blame and the ownership has only itself to blame like again has travis green's coaching been great no probably not like there have definitely been some issues but like uh, but like what uh, but uh, there's nothing he can really change like there's nothing he can he can do to bring, he can't bring, there's no one coming to save them like yeah. out of like another league. Like there's no first round picks waiting anymore. They're gone. Cause they traded them. Like, what do you like? There's nothing there and there's nothing there except for what's already there. And like you said, like, and we said this multiple times on the show this season of the fact of like going into the year, we were, we had high hopes at high expectations for the team. We said they're a playoff team. Most likely we said they're a group, that should be competing in that top group, especially the Pacific being a little bit like on the weaker side. In fairness, the Pacific has been a lot better than I think either of us anticipated. And specifically the Kings and the Ducks have been a lot better, have been a lot better than we went into the year thinking. Calgary has definitely been a Calgary lot better than the, really well. they have a lot of shutouts. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, uh, talk it's a, And yeah, like they're doing very well. Um, and Vegas is going to get better as you know, eventually, like clearly they're going to get better once they get healthy again. Now you got Jack Eichel in there. Um, yeah, like, and we went into the season saying, okay, they have a top nine in theory. They've got a top nine again. They don't have a defense, but they have a top nine and that's fine. And they should be, they could win a few games here and there off of that. And with the week of it coupled with the week division, they could probably maybe make a playoff run out of this. Is this good enough? No. Is this what they've got to do- work with? Yep, this is it. This is what you have. You better make the playoff. And especially because, like, again, they tell us they're a playoff team all the time. So we went in expecting them to be a playoff team. And holy cow, they are not. Like, no. God, no. They are not. No. If they made the, like, I think, what was the what was the, the, the quotes going up where it was like, or like the 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 projections going up where they have to play at like a 90-something. Oh, yeah. Or they the rest win, of like- the year. Yeah, it's like, like th- they have to, to go 38, 38, 21, and 7 or something to have a chance. Something which is, absolutely which equals 
a hundred point pace if stretched out to eighty two games. Now, which is, again, they're not a hundred point team. Hockey is nuts, and they yeah. and they might magically pull that out of their ass. Like it is totally a a possibility just based on how uh, like like they've actually done studies as well on how hockey their luck has more uh, impact in hockey than I think any other major sport. Like it's one mm-hmm. of those leagues where it's that where it's like it's crazy how often that plays in um but i mean based on what we've seen over the last three games frankly they're the two like the things that we figured out are this is the team like maybe they're not this bad like on a nightly basis but they're not good they're very clearly not good yeah and there is already like people are saying oh it's too early like it you know it's so early in the season i think they're 16 games in hey guess what five five more games they're at 21 that's a quarter of your season gone that's a quarter of the year it was you that's nothing and that was you that pointed out in our last episode where most most of the time where the team sits on November 30th is where they ended up at the end of the year and very rarely do we see that much fluctuation between teams until then with yeah. the odd exceptions being you know like the LA Kings or St. Louis Blues who famously and that's like almost like infamously at this point because I'm sure teams like the Canucks look at St. Louis Blues miracle run after Christmas where they just went on a huge tear like a hundred point pace over the stretch to get themselves into playoffs and go on a miracle run to win this, their first stanley cup i'm sure the canucks looked at that and this is the the quote that made the rounds last year which was you get the playoffs and anything can happen and that attitude which we complained about back then and everyone said oh you're whining too much about a quote this is why we were mad about it because that philosophy of just hoping for the best and hope that you get there has led to the team being one of the worst in the league through 16 games played and just looking at the standings right now like the teams that they're like with are two teams that are actively tanking for picks and god that's in like that's so indicting like that's such a like that is like incredible the fact that you're in the conversation with the goddamn arizona coyotes and you you have a worse power penalty kill than the coyotes yeah. guys like what are we doing well You're, it's because it's because the canucks, the canucks traded them their best penalty killer oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but true. that's right <laughs> but the God. the issue is like the for some of those teams like chicago is obviously just really bad they're doing they're in their like 2014 stage of the canucks where they're they're trying one last kick at the can and they invested and they like backfired. a lot to try and get that one last kick at the can and it backfired, which is wonderful because fuck that organization. But then with them are teams that are underperforming because of goalie issues like the Montreal Canadians. And I mean, I guess you could argue the Seattle Kraken because on paper, like like the Canucks on paper, they have a decent roster. Like their decor is pretty good, but Philip Grubauer can't stop a puck. And they spent yeah, a lot they, of money on Philip really, Grubauer, and he's I'm, been I'm, terrible for them. I'm stunned at how bad he's done. Like he's like he's really looked 
bad and i'm i and maybe that and maybe it's just another case of like a guy goes from a um you know playing in front of the colorado avalanche defense mm-hmm. to playing in front of a For more sure. normal like a much more normal looking one in the kraken and that's how it goes but to kind of just recap what you said here the canucks are in the conversation with uh a team that's actively tanking the uh eugene melnick owned ottawa senators an expansion team to be fair, the, the Ottawa Senators did say their rebuild was over. So if we're going by their own standards, they're also in the Canucks tier of guys who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right, but yeah, very true. But that's that. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll give you that one. Um, okay, so Ottawa, expansion team. The team that not, does not have their star goalie, their star captain, and multiple injuries to important players, possibly for all, some of which for, might never come yeah. back. And the team that's literally been the, uh, like an embarrassment of a franchise and has been doing, and has literally had the worst season imaginable in every sort of capacity. They somehow have two less points that just two less points than you. You know what's like, you know, what's even more shocking to me too, is that the team immediately above the Canucks in the league standings are the Dallas stars, right? And the Dallas Stars only have a single regulation win after 13 games. They've been but they really still bad. have they still have more points than them because they're still winning. Like they have a higher points percentage in 13 games than the Canucks do in 16. Yeah. And the teams and- that are above them are all teams that you would make the argument that injuries and like some regression is going to come their way and they're going to start flying up the standings like Colorado, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, like those three teams are probably going to shoot up the standings. And then you're going to see teams like Columbus, San Jose or Buffalo, like these teams that arguably are overperforming right now, they're going to fall to earth a bit, but a little bit, but the Canucks have looked this bad since the season started even in preseason they did not look good either and so the only positive regression you'd hope for is that Elias Pettersson clicks but through 16 games nothing about his game has indicated that it's just going to suddenly solve itself yeah I'm officially worried on that front like I'm officially there it's it's very worrying that like I mean maybe he just lost it like it would be wild and very Canuck luck if Pettersson had two and a half great seasons and then just like fell off a cliff and just I was not a star anymore. I don't know if it would go to like that length necessarily, but like in terms of this season, like I feel like there's a loss. Like yeah, there's there, there've been a couple players that have had, there've been, I feel like there've been a couple players of like Pedersen nature of Pedersen, like comparables that have had kind of that year where it's gone completely wrong in just the worst way. And yeah. then there's an end, but then they come back like the next year or something. And suddenly yeah, like it's Will, not like only are they back to normal, they've like, yes, William Nylander's like, a very he held good out, example. He held it with his contract. It's like same thing. Like he held out way longer for his contract. And then when he finally started the season, he was completely behind the eight ball and looked like shit. Pedersen and Hughes got their contracts done in time for like the final game of preseason. And they still look kind of behind the eight ball for the most part. Hughes looks better. Hughes looks much better, I think. Hughes, I would, I, I would argue that Hughes has actually looked kind of like better than his first season, his rookie form. Like, I think he's, yeah, he's way looked, better. Yeah, he's looked a lot. He's, he, he, again, literally one of those cases where if the team was doing well, 
yeah. front page how good he would be all-star yeah. like an all already being like this guy's a lock for team usa or the olympic or the mm-hmm. or the all-star game like those things yeah. like we we'd be, if this were a better year that we'd be talking about that but we can't because his yeah. performances and the performances of other players like him like hoaglander like yeah demco to an extent are mm-hmm. being masked by how bad overall the team is yeah it's um it it's a little concerning if you're a canucks fan where you're like okay what what can i look forward to in the next month or so because oh i know do you have do you have an answer yes what is it nothing there's nothing to look forward to you're screwed we're all no come on let's give the fans all screwed this is me now this is what i've become i have i have i am i have no i have no i have no hope left it's all gone um okay that's not true uh here's the thing there is some okay. Literally, the one hope I have is God. If you're lucky, they're going. To, they will get a new general manager. That's all you can hope for right now. Like uh, and yeah. and even and like like again, God. Like what was there was the one quote that came out earlier today that just like there were a couple. Well, there are a couple things that came out today that just enraged me. Like on a on a on a on a whole other level. Like okay. The, okay, here we go. This is this is from Taj, nineteen forty four. Uh, this was Satyar Shah. Your own account. On, your own account. On my account. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it is Twitter for Android, and my phone is an Android. So there you oh, go. Shit. Um, uh, oh, I've been found. Fa- I've been found. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So to uh, Satyar Shah today was saying, the organization and power brokers are essentially in a state of shock. They were caught off guard by this happening. Dialogue happening right now. It seems unlikely change will happen before Wednesday. And I hear that, uh, and I hear that to myself, and I just think, what? How were you caught off guard? In, yeah. If you were caught off guard by the team not being good, the only reason that it would be possible is because you weren't paying attention. It was very cl- maybe you didn't expect them to loot get their like a destroyed in three straight games maybe that came a little out of left field but for you to look at the results you've gotten out of the first part of the season including a homestand where you won two games two games out of seven and you're saying i'm flabbergasted i could have i could have never seen this coming A, a road trip before that where you lost to buffalo in detroit and you're yeah. shocked by this development it means you either weren't paying attention <laughs> or you're being or you're being purposely obtuse and you're or, trying to pretend there's no problem or you're you've been sold a bill of goods by your gm that you've stuck by for 8 years and you're you're you don't want to make you wrong because yeah you like you don't want to look you don't want to look stupid in front of like your family members who are also co-owners of the team. So you're like, uh, oh, oh, I, I can't imagine, I can't believe this has happened. They're like, surely the boys will come back and uh, outperform how they've been performing, yeah. performing so yes, far. Surely, certainly. now, sure, yes, I, 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 we're gonna be on top of this. Now, excuse me, I have a, I have a football game to go see. Yeah. Uh, like, gee, the Raiders oh are in town. Yeah, the, I'm here. I'm in Vegas, and the Raiders, and I want to go see the Raiders game. Uh, you, <laughs> like a team that uh that which God like uh, for a team for them for any team for him to go see any team, it just had to be the one where that fired their coach midway through and has done well regardless. Like that has done well without done better without him. Like God, that's that's, that's the worst team really. for him to go see right now. Like, uh, geez, 
it's poetic. Oh, poetic. Like, gee, like, okay. Here's the thing. And I saw some people being like, you're making like, oh, people are making too big a deal about the whole. So if you weren't paying it, if you weren't listening or if you didn't uh, hear the story, uh, essentially Francesco Aquilini was on the road trip with the Canucks, like with the team, not just like happened to be like, fly, happened to fly to see them play one game and then another. And that was it. Like thing. I'm pretty sure he was on the flights with the team. Like he was yeah, traveling that's what with it- them. That's kind that of was how they the indication, made it sound, right? Yeah. That was the indication is that he was traveling with the team. He see he's at the the game in Colorado. He is at the game in Vegas. He then stays in Vegas as the team goes off to Anaheim and then goes to see uh, a a uh, an Oakland or Oakland Las Vegas Raiders game. Uh, in, in instead, he stays in. Uh, and remember, there was the whole thing last year where I think one of the I forget which Canuck uh wife or girlfriend it was who claimed that he had been in Vegas the entire season or something. That's there was, right. Like, some, yeah, that came out. Which that's which is why that also caught me. It caught like caught my eye when it said, yeah. "Oh, he's on the trip to Vegas." Interesting. Um, <laughs> whether or not right. it's yeah, whether or not it's whether or not. But then the fact that he like okay. I, yeah, he's a, a rich person who can do what he wants. Like, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Like, there, but for him to watch the first two games of that road trip and then decide he does not care to go see the third in the yeah. middle, well, again, they went to, they got scored on 14 times in two <laughs> games. It means that he does not care. It means he doesn't care. Like, that is exactly what that means. Like, you can go see a Vegas Raiders game anytime you want. You could go and do that on a on a weekend where the Canucks aren't playing. Like that would be like I get that it's easier because the team happens to be there and you can fly with them there. But you could still you're a, you're clearly well you're rich, off right? enough that you could go and just do it whenever <laughs> you want it. Like whatever you feel like. So for him to be like for him to literally not care and go, for him to go to that game while the Canucks are doing as badly as they are tells me literally everything I need to know about how this team, about the accountability of the team, which is that there is none. They don't care. They literally could not care less, including the fact that like you're getting to the point now where again, they're suddenly shocked by this happening. And there was like a whole thing I think that also came out today where apparently the team is waiting to see what happens on which the, on the uh, on the next game in the game tomorrow against which, also against Colorado, which tracks though with like like you got oh it totally tracks. You're being, you're being a little negative here because at least this organization is sticking to its messaging that they addressed last year, which is they live day to day, and on a day to day basis, Francesco Aquilini said, "You know what? They're playing like shit in the first two games I watched. I'm gonna go see an NFL game, and if they lose the next one, oh well." I'll decide what happens next after the next game. When I get home, kick my feet up and really start to think about the numbers and how bad the team is doing, because that's, that's the day-to-day attitude. And yeah. I, I found the other that... quote. I, I did oh, find the other please. quote. Uh, Satya Shah said, organization is nervous about crowd reaction on Wednesday. Uh, or is that, is the next game Wednesday? I thought it might be Tuesday, but you, yes, uh, it Wednesday. is a Wednesday. Yes, two they days. got a couple days. Right. Um, nervous about crowd reaction on Wednesday, but they're also hoping it's not that bad. In the past, they have thought social media is more negative than the season ticket holders. Negative <laughs> reaction or empty seats on Wednesday could lead to change, which 
reminds oh, me, will. you posted a picture of how I many did. seats are on sale still for yes. this game. Like, and not resale. Like, there are some resale There are resales, available. but there's a lot of just general sales available. Like, usually, yeah. usually and on I can, a mid, mid-week, or sorry, uh, yeah, games in the middle of the week, like, they do pretty bad numbers for ticket sales just because, like, it's awkward. But middle of the week, Wednesday, you usually see a bit of an uptick. But that upper bowl in the picture, if you go see Especially my account, Colorado. at Cody Sievertson on Twitter... Against Colorado, a team that's got like Nathan McKinnon, like a, a team that actually rocks as like a like a, an away team kind of game you'd want to go see. Like, don't forget, like we're only two years, three years removed from that wild seven six game between the Avs and the Canucks. That was like remember, one of the most fun games ever. Goal? You remember who scored the OT goal in that game? It was Derek Pouliot, wasn't it? That's right, it was yeah. Derek Pouliot. Yeah. yeah so that, I was I was at a Barracuda game uh that night and i had it on the tv like while i was watching it on the tv in the sap center press box and i was like no freaking way it was hilarious uh but yeah so in theory a game like that should sell very well but the picture i posted on my twitter account tells a different story so they're going to see an upper bowl that's usually the only area that is packed it's empty like there are there's one section that is maybe 25 percent full it's, yeah. and I it looks grim. And, yeah, and I can also tell you, uh, I guess from I guess I guess insider info, I guess on this tech, you know, in a, to in a way, um, I'm in school right now, and one of the thing, one of the things the Canucks do every single year, uh, when there's when uh when people are allowed in the building, is there's a student is there's a student program for tickets. I forget I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on the. There's an official name for it, but essentially, student rush. Student rush thank you. Yeah. Um, where essentially quite where it's literally a thing where if you're a post-secondary student in BC, uh, in the greater Vancouver area, so like UBC, BCIT, SFU, whatever you're going to, um, I'm sure there's more in there as well. Um, they basically will text you on the day of, or the day before a game and Mm. offer you discounted tickets for the game because they just want to get people in the building, uh, you know, and they just want to fill up the seats. I know multiple people who have been to a lot of games this year because usually usually student rush tickets are get them in there before they're gone like it's very much a oh you better hope you see the um, like in a notification quick because they're gonna go fast kind of thing right Mm -hmm. because everybody usually everybody in their everybody and their friend wants to go see right because and they come in pairs of two so you can take two people i know a lot of people who have not only who've not just like been getting tickets for nearly every single game They've been getting tickets for nearly every single game in the lower bowl, like lower bowl yeah. seats being offered to them for like, for like, okay. You know, like the price for each ticket, $40, $40 for tickets that I'm pretty sure retail at closer to about like 170 or something like that. Something crazy like that, because I've seen people who've literally gotten tickets like, five rows from the glass for 40 bucks a ticket. So 80, 80 in total, 80 in total for two, uh, for tickets that normally would cost for a pair, like $200, like maybe more. Like that is how desperate they are for people to buy tickets. It is that bad. I've been offered tickets every single game. I don't, I don't have the money to go with the, like I would, I might be, I would, if I wasn't necessarily doing media stuff, I mm. might be more inclined to like, yeah, spend my, income on that go for it every single game 
But God, this team is like, in a way you kind of are like, Oh my God, people, even if they offer you tickets, why would a, why would you want to go and B and B maybe don't, maybe don't the team's bad. Don't give them money. Like, and yeah. then, and then you hear like their, pri- again, the priorities thing. There's the whole thing. Like I showed you the clip earlier in the show before the show started about how, yeah. um, they're, uh, they're about, mad how, about the negativity in the, yeah, the media. Again, yeah. Like Donnie and Dolly, uh, shout out to Don Taylor and Rick Dollywell. Uh, we're talking about how after their Friday show, um, they got some angry, uh, some angry, uh, messages from the Canucks being like, we don't like the, this negative, uh, this negative, uh, press you're giving us right now. Yeah. And full marks to Rick Dollywall and Don Taylor for being like, I'm sorry, what do you want us to say? The team's bad. Like, what are we supposed to, we're not going to lie to people. The team's garbage. And yeah, it's like, are you like, like, again, it shows you exactly where their, their priorities lie. It's like, they don't care. They don't yeah. care about the actual They care about image. Of- That's it. They care about image. And even that they don't care that much because they're like, you know, what'd be the easiest image thing to do is get rid of the general manager right now <laughs> and restore about ba- and restore some bounce. No, we're going to wait to see how the freaking how people react with literally what they're saying is and i saw somebody tweet like in the replies to that original message was literally they want to they want somebody to chant like fire bending at the game yeah like they're begging the audience to do it like then they're literally do it they which is which is kind of fucked up (laughs) so yes like god like for what for all the thing for all my disliking of jim benning's general manager like general manager work he's also like like, and you want to talk about the whole human being thing, like in there, like you're going to make him sit through, a, you're going to make him literally have to sit through a game where people yeah. are chanting for him to be fired just to do it. Or, that's, or, that's awful. cruel. Like, it, that's yeah, cruel. it's, it's, that's it's so quite cruel. ironic too, because it's like, like he was literally just on in media with uh, Dan Riccio and sports next to 50 being like, you know, this guy's got a family, you know, don't be. If you're gonna yes. if you're gonna insult anyone, insult me, like diss me, don't don't be mean to Jim. You know what's fucking mean is being like, hey, instead of just like doing my job and addressing an issue where there is one, I'm going to let the public decide. Like, I'm gonna I'm literally gonna have the the public execute you for me. Basically. Yeah, like so right. then. So then I don't look like the bad guy for listening. It's literally to the, the it's demands. literally the emperor doing like the whole like the whole thumb, yeah the thumbs the, like, up yeah the thumb yeah. down like in the Colosseum like that's like uh, uh that's exactly what they want which is it's sh- toxic awful terrible <laughs> that's a, no wonder you're you're no wonder no one wants to come here no wonder no and other person wants to work for your organization no, yeah no wonder so many long standing employees of the organization left after the 2019 season players oh my god everybody nobody wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole because of how and his brilliant uh quote saying my six months in vancouver felt like four years like that's telling people don't like players themselves don't make up bullshit like that just for like clickbait like they say that because that's what they felt nate schmidt Opted to go to Winnipeg, one of probably Rather, the only players in the entire history of the NHL over the last 20 years to 
voluntarily waive his no move clause to go to Winnipeg to play. Which like, to be fair, I've heard Winnipeg is actually like like pretty nice and it's like gets an unfair it gets an unfair rap for what it is, but like I've been yeah. there in February, man. It's well, uh, okay, that's it's rough. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's not great <laughs> just in the saying. winter, but like yeah. Just so saying, thankfully gotta, they don't play hockey. Thankfully, yes, no one they, plays hockey during the winter. It, uh, w- Winnipeg can't possibly be bad when you're making six million dollars a year. Like that's exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're if you're a well-to-do person, like yes, I'm sure Winnipeg possibly great. be that bad. Yeah, I bet it. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I just feel like there's so many telltale signs from the last like two years alone where it's like all of these people being like, I don't want to work for the Aquilini Group anymore. There's Clearly, there's been meddling. There's like even just now, like the fact that the ownership group is leaving it up to the the audience, like the paying audience, to decide for them, tells yeah. me that like they're meddling in like the fact that they they want to appear like oh we don't invest, we don't care about hockey affairs, but we're gonna fly on the plane to go watch the Canucks play in two games. Then we're gonna go do whatever the fuck we want. And then when we actually have to address problems with the organization, we don't want to look like the bad guys. So we're going to let the fans dictate what we do for us. So we don't look like the bad guys, but we're responding to peer pressure. Simultaneously hanging the fans out to dry in a sense of like, like again, like further furthering the whole stereotype of Vancouver being a toxic market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. We're, you're yeah. literally throwing everyone under the bus. Ex- you're yeah. literally not. You're not taking responsibility. That's not taking responsibility. It, That's literally. It is, it is incredibly bold. Is. It's incredibly bold to be like in one month that the media is too negative and they're too hard on your GM, and then to give the media and public every single reason to be negative towards your GM when the team is playing like shit and saying, we encourage that behavior. Like, but also we don't, but also we don't. It's like, it's like our, our sarcastic intro where we're like making fun of, you know, you can't be too negative, but you gotta be negative. You can't go on social media, but you have to be, or you're boring and we hate you. Like it, that's the kind of like fence sitting that they're trying, which just pisses fans off more than anything. I, I realistically, I think what's going to happen is no one's going to go to the game and they'll probably eke out like a three, two shootout win and yep. nothing will happen. Like yep, I, if, if I'll believe if it when three, I see it, if a three, if the two and seven home trip wasn't enough to get change done with the upper management group, then that three, nothing's changing. those three, three straight losses are nothing then to them because they don't care. That's, that's two in 10. They, like, what are we talking like, about? The thing that my, that blows my mind about all this is it's like on like they like we always talk about like this Canucks ownership group like being very much a group that's like the 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 dollar matters like the the money being brought in is what matters most. But at the same time, like there's no way this te- like there's no way they're making a lot on the Canucks right now. So like, what's the point? Like, like, are you actually like? There's no way this team is actually like turning a decent profit right now, is there? Like, maybe compared to last year when there was no one there. But like, I have no i if I have no idea what. 
again, I have no idea what the end game is here. What is what is your end result here? Are you trying to make money? Are you trying to win a Stanley Cup? Because you can do both. You can do yeah. one or the other. But somehow right now you're doing neither. Somehow you are both losing money and trying not to win. And like, like and trying not to win in the sense. Like you're doing everything in your power to stick to your guns with a of a, on a losing team that has been losing for eight years. Like, and again, I posted the the comparables. I don't know what happened to this ownership group because at one point they really cared. Like they genuinely de like they genuinely clearly cared about the results of the team and they cared about putting a winning product on the ice because in their first eight years, they took over as like the primary owners of the team, like full or sorry, sole owners of the team. Oh, six, oh seven. So Luongo's first season in Vancouver from that point on for the next eight years, they won six division titles. They went to, they weighed the playoffs six times. They, won two president's trophies as the best team in the NHL. And they went to a cup final and they had multiple like players who are superstars in the NHL. Right. <laughs> seems like, and, so long ago. <laughs> Oh my, well it is because again, the kicker being the fact that Jim Benning, this is Jim Benning's eighth season. He has now been in charge of this team for half of this ownership groups, tenure half. My that car is, didn't last as long as his, his tenure. No, God, I got no. my car like, in 2015, and it died faster than than his uh oh my his God. awful awful run as GM. Like God, that's a, that that's is that is horrific. so telling. Yeah, and again, Jim Benning has outlasted I think every GM except for Pat Quinn. Maybe I think at this point, I think he is the last yeah. the last stumbling block. And yet, the, all the Canucks have to show for it in that time is two playoff appearances. Two. That's it. No title. No division titles. No, nothing like a one playoff series win and a qualifier round series win. Cool. Great. In a bubble, <laughs> in a bubble playoffs, like good for you. You've done like, what, a what are we doing here? Like, like yeah. again, and again, again, for all the people that think this is like what we want to talk about, like, cause again, really every time, every time the Canucks are doing bad, people are like, Oh, you media just want them to be bad. Do you oh. know how hard it is to like find a reason to talk about this team? I yes. hate having to talk about how bad the team is every single, every yeah. single year, every I, single year, except for like one, I've had to talk about how garbage they are and like, oh, but maybe they can turn it around. <laughs> but I know they won't because it's the same people. Like, it's like every time I have to do like the same article and I'm sick of it. Like I'm sick yeah. of having to watch this terrible team never do a damn thing about why they're bad. Like it's again, it's like we all, not, I think you bring it. Yeah. You bring it up all the time. It's the Eric Andre Hannibal thing where they sh like Han yeah, Eric Andre they, shoots Hannibal. It's like, Hannibal. why are we so bad? Like they, yeah. and then they sign a bunch of terrible players and then trade a bunch of picks for players that they <gasps> don't intend on resigning. But yeah, the, I wanted to quickly hit on this before we touch on just one of the, one of the two uh, NHL topics, because we're, we're both obviously exhausted and we don't want you guys to have to listen to an hour of us bitching about the team direction for the fourth straight week. For but like for the, for like the, 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 the eighth year in a row, like uh, yeah, yeah, we literally did the show last year. We literally did the show last year, right down to the whole, 
oh, this game is going to decide what the Canucks do. Like, we did yeah. this all last year. This is a repeat. This is just the same show over. <laughs> I, 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 I'm done. <laughs> Why? I know. We can just start copying and pasting uh, last season's episodes. Straight up. We need the, again. what is it? The, the, what is it? Like the, the radio, the DJ Tron or whatever from the Simpsons. Oh, oh those, yeah. Those clowns in Congress did it again. What a bunch of clowns. Like, this is, we just How need that. so up to date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh like that's uh, yeah. literally where we're at here it is i am uh, i'm so tired i'm so I, tired. I am exhausted too i just wanted to hit on this one thing because for, i don't yes, know if, i don't know if anyone else really talked about this i i tweeted about it because it bothered me more than i think a lot of other people did which was bo horvat's quote after the it was either one of the homestand losses or the the colorado loss where he okay. credited the team's poor performance to being a one-off and i quote tweeted the thing the quote being like at at this point you can't keep saying the team's like lack of performance and not showing up to play is a one-off when you have several one-offs in a single season it's no longer a one-off it's just who you are as a team and through Bo Horvat's captaincy, through his tenure as a Canuck, they have had more one-offs. And if you're watching our YouTube channel, you can see me using some brilliant air quotes when I say one-off because there's been so many of them that that is now the, just their identity. The Vancouver Canucks are a team that either shows up, plays run-and-gun hockey, bleeds chances, but scores like crazy, or they don't show up at all. Yeah, or there's this team which just hasn't done either. Or there's this team where they are just the latter and they it's can't do the, the former. And I I hated seeing that quote and people being like, oh, Horvat, you know, he cares, is give a fuck meters through the roof. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't think that's true. I I don't. I I I just think about like what done, I in in his particular case, what what else can he really what else can say? He say? Of course, like, right? like there is that that's kind of, the hard like part. he he can't chew out his teammates. He knows he played like shit, yeah, so he, he can't be like, "Oh, this is just who we are. We're a bunch of fucking bums." Because then he'll get like, traded, no, right? Like, yeah, that, exactly. It's he'll never say of- that. But hearing the specifics of you know this is a one off, like that quote doesn't work either because of just how consistently like absent this team is on a season to season basis like even when mark markstrom and tanev were a part of the team they would have nights where they just didn't show up and so stop and stop blaming NHL it. Team has those but the canucks have them the best more teams than others the best teams can still have nights where they don't show up as a whole and still win games because all it takes is one or two to make a difference but consistently with this Canucks team, more often than not, you have Niels Hoglander showing up every single night for the last season and a half, and he's not enough. He had a three-point night the other day, and it wasn't enough. That is what Brock is telling as it gets. Games as well, Brock Besser as well is kind of. We haven't I even really gotten game. to Brock Besser. Like he's had a yeah, he, terrible season, and we were talking his, about like, we were talking about him last year. It has like he was there. They're saying in that press conference, like, oh, he is 
looked like he was going to cry because of how shit they're playing. God, I saw that that was like literally like for a guy who doesn't emote, like doesn't emote at least in public, publicly much. Like he's not that guy. He's not that type of guy. He's not a very emotional guy, especially with interviews. Yeah. That was, that was That's a what as emotional broken, as it's going to get for him. Man. And Which, that is a guy who is an RFA at the end of the season. That is a, yeah, a, like, a, yeah. a, an RFA who famously the Canucks basically all but told they didn't think he could do, he was worthy of more yeah. money because they don't believe they basically he's said they don't good. think he's, yeah, they don't think he's going to be worth his qualifying offer, which is awful because if you're the player, you're sticking to that qualifying offer no matter what. So he's probably gone at the end of this year. Unless if he again, still underperforms. Unless some- Unless somebody better, unless somebody smarter comes in and, or also like, why would he even want to stay unless there, if there's, if there isn't another person there, because like clearly they don't, because clearly the management team doesn't believe in him. Like he looked broken and I was like, God, this poor guy like this. It does suck because he at like at one point last year, I think in the season recap, we were like Brock Besser was this team's best forward for 99% of the season. That was, it was basically Besser Hoglander, Hoglander and then like Horvat here and there. But yep. most of the time, I think you and I were in, in like agreement that Besser was probably the team's best forward last season. Yep. And now here he is. Everyone's just like, okay, this guy isn't doing anything. He sucks. He isn't offering anything. He's not producing expiring RFA. Let's trade him and get him for whatever we can, which if you're a GM who's just been told publicly that the team needs a shakeup, or the fan base is going to chant oh, God, fire Benning even, and you're going to lose your job. Even, He's got two days to shake up the group. And what better way to do that than to trade your expiring RFA with a qualifying offer you can't afford because you just acquired OEL and Connor Garland and overspent on Tanner Pearson and oh no, I didn't Tucker e- Poolman, Travis. I Hamannick. didn't even. I didn't even it, put that together oh Think no about that's so gonna yeah. happen isn't it that's oh my it, god it might i mean desperate times call for desperate measures and what better way to shake up elias Patterson than be like hey your buddy has been underperforming so we got rid of him <laughs> like they're gonna do they're gonna pull the full they're gonna they're gonna do the the, the peak canuck thing of guys we got back tyler to just don't ask how let's <laughs> go but we well, did. I mean, they, they might be willing to shop Tyler Toffoli considering they're not going and the Canadians aren't going anywhere fast. Uh, oh, they might be willing to, which God, that would be such Pete Canucks for them to like, go like, Hey, but guys, trade another we, asset for we him. We got Tyler Toffoli. We trade specifically to trade Besser for Toffoli yeah. straight up and be like, guys, you're so negative. We got back yeah. to Foley. We did what you wanted. Why are you yeah. complaining? God, that, God, that, God, yeah. that would be so on brand. Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I, I sorry, hate guys. that we even st- I we hate won't. that we spoke that into the universe. Yeah, that's gonna come through, and we're gonna we're gonna never live, and it's gonna be our fault. That will be you can our blame fault. me. For, you can blame me for that one. I'll take. You're joking on that one. at the beginning of the show, but that is our fault of that. Yeah. I I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, let's move on. Let's quickly touch on an NHL topic because it has to do with your boys, your former boys, the San Jose Sharks, kind oh, of. Yeah. So. If you don't know, the Ottawa Senators are dealing with like a massive COVID outbreak right now. They've got like a bunch of players that are out currently. And the NHL decided to postpone the Senators' next three games to later dates in the season. And I think it was Patrick Johnson or someone else that retweeted an opinion by someone that was saying, 
if you're the San Jose Sharks and you're seeing Ottawa's schedule get bumped, how pissed are you? Because they were just forced to play, I think, three or four games, missing seven of their core regulars, including Couture, Meyer, Dolan. Uh, I think Burns was out too, or Carlson, like one of the two. Like they were missing basically their core of their team. And I think they still did pretty well. Like they still, they're playing really well, all things considered. Yeah, they've um, done way better than expected. They're pretty good. And considering they've had a COVID outbreak, like you wouldn't expect them to be where they are at in the standings right now. But how pissed would you be if you had to deal with, it's like the Canucks thing where they had their giant outbreak and the league asked them to play immediately on return. And here's the Sharks. They had to fight through it. They had to play regardless of the outbreak they were facing. And then another team with an outbreak that's probably just as bad as theirs was gets a pass or gets a schedule bump. That's, um, I mean, the NHL isn't exactly known for handling issues properly, uh, especially when it comes to protocols and safety of its players. But man, like what a joke. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very weird I, you know what knowing the nhl what it's come down to is literally like a case of uh are you is the team in question going to complain and the ottawa senators are a team that i think like and rightfully so let's be clear here rightfully so would are more like at the way that their ownership and their management are structured are more likely to be a team like that's like Hey, yeah, uh, we need to. We need you to pause our games right now. Yeah, and we're not gonna let you go on this. Whereas San Jose is a team, I think that is much more like we we will do what more of a we uh, passive, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like they're a they're a management group and an ownership group that is much more like oh, we'll just do whatever the NHL wants. We're not that. It's not that big a deal. It's they. It's not a big deal to them. Um. Because, I, I mean, maybe the Sharks complained and just got nothing out of it. I don't know, possibly. Maybe. But it is it is frustrating that the NHL, after go, seeing what happened to the Canucks last year, still tried to pull the whole, oh, we're not going to, we're, we're, we're going to, you'll be fine. Just put some Advil, have some Advil. You'll be, you'll be good to go. The one good thing about this particular case, these particular cases is that all these players are vaccinated at the very least. So they're not get. It's not at it's their symptoms are not going to be as bad. Like they're not going to, yeah. well, hopefully anyway, I, I mean, hopefully, know. yeah, I don't, know. No I don't know for sure, but I, I would assume it's not as serious as it was say with the Canucks where they had, where they had players were, you know, they weren't vaccinated. They were clearly not going to be, have any sort of immunity built up to it. So they were, you know, yeah. gonna, it was going to wreak havoc. Um, I mean, here it's clearly wrecked havoc, but in a different sort of way, the vaccine helps, of course, like keep the spread a little bit lower, but it's not going to, you know, completely get rid of it. So you have to just, you know, you have to, yeah. And yeah, I don't know why the NHL had to sit on its hands for this. I don't know why the senators really would have had to complain so much to get it to stop because like to get some, to get some time here because God, they just give it to them. Good Lord. Yeah, uh, we're uh, obviously exhausting ourselves talking about the Canucks, so we won't go on a little bit too longer. Just one last thing here that's pretty great. And since this is basically a goalie podcast, shout outs to Zach Fucali. Yeah. Eight years after getting drafted, he finally makes his NHL debut for the Washington Capitals. And what does he do in beautiful, poetic fashion? He gets a shout out. That's pretty yep. great. 
Uh, good for him. Um, didn't he get drafted yeah, by like Montreal or something? He got, I think you're right. I think he got drafted. I, I think if I remember correctly, he got drafted by Montreal. Montreal's had a string of like tough draft picks in the goaltending department since Carey Price. They've never really found yeah. like that. I, I remember when air. they drafted Fukali, it was like all they deal. talked about on the broadcast was like, oh, this guy is going to be the number two to Carey Price, guarantee it in like a couple years. And there was all these like lofty expectations thrown on him. Yeah. Uh, which. He, he really struggled and he really struggled to that was a lot of pressure to put on him and especially in that market he's a french canadian kid he, yeah and being asked to go like to be the literally the successor to carry price and yeah that's a lot of pressure for a guy he never really was able to live up to it uh but he finally get now he's moved on i believe this is his, this might be his third team i think since the canadians at this point like or at least organization anyway yeah uh, he went from the- went from montreal to uh i think Tampa or he played for like a bunch of AHL teams before landing with Washington for the last two years. He spent actually all of last year, most of last year with uh, the Hershey bears. And before that oh, he wow. was in Tampa's uh, ECHL team, the solar bears for like the entire season as recently as 2019, 2020. So he he's, is, uh, he's, a he's on the way up, recently. man. That's yeah, he was, nuts. <laughs> he, yeah, he was a golden Knight in 20 briefly in 2018. Uh, and then, at, or like 2018, 19, and they sent, but like after training camp, they sent him down to the ECHL Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne Comets. Damn. So he's worked his way. He has worked his way back up the hard way. Yeah. And the interview he had, like, cause he got a shutout in that game. He gets a shutout in his, in his first, in his NHL win, first NHL win. Like, holy cow. His HL debut. Like, yeah. and the, the interview after was iconic. Like he was just it's like, it was he's very, very it was he's very so happy. He didn't know what to do with his headset after the interview and he'd like embarrass himself on like the broadcast. Like, it was really, but great, like really in one of those ways, in one of those endearing ways, like, yeah, yeah. not, not in like a mean spirited Cody hates everything way, but like a genuinely <laughs> like it was cute. Um, other than that, yeah. folks, we are so sorry that another right. episode has been just like 45 minutes of us bitching, <laughs> but this it is really what has been does to us. It, what it's what it does to you. Put down what your do you, pot of coffee. It's, <laughs> Take it's, a load off. <laughs> what do you? What? Okay, I'll ask you this to kind of like a couple things to just like close out here. Like, oh, what? Like in terms of like what? Like because you're going to be on the next Monday show. Unless mm-hmm. I, I now I'll say this. Like if anything happened, I think we'd have to do it. Pull you out. We'd pull you out for an emergency time, yeah. show. Yeah, we'd find Hopefully. time for an emergency show. Hopefully it doesn't happen on Friday or Saturday because that is my buddy who I shouted out in our last episode. That's his wedding day. So I would really appreciate it if they didn't. So it'll absolutely happen as uh, he is walking down the aisle and I need to step out and uh, do a live reaction. Yeah. Or you just like suddenly you just start like you just jump up in the middle of like the thing and everyone's like, oh, nothing. (laughs) They did it. uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that'd be pretty funny, but um, yeah. I do you think there will be any changes by the ne- like in theory by the next time you record? Uh, now that I've seen that tweet from Taj1944 about what Satyar Shah is hearing, I genuinely wonder if even there's just like a minor amount of people saying you know chanting fire banning, fire banning, fire green. If we see wholesale changes, if they lose. If they win and people chant, it might I mean this this team is so like they were not even in 
the playoff contention in 2019-20 when they traded away a giant package for Tyler Toffoli to spark up their team because they were convinced that they were going to go on a run. And they didn't even go on a run to make playoffs. They got in because of the play-in series. Like, they got in because of a pandemic. Yeah, like at that point, arguably, if there was no pandemic, like you really have to wonder if the team didn't go on any kind of run, if they would actually have been sellers instead of buyers trying to salvage their careers. Because that's what that trade was. It was them just trying to delay the inevitable. And it fortunately worked out for Jim because it got him another two oh, years. Oh, the pandemic saved his now. job. The pandemic is this totally saved his job. Like, Yeah, it extended his... The pandemic extended his shelf life by at least three seasons. Like easily. This is year two. And this is year two. Oh, sorry. Of it. Oh, my, yeah, two seasons. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Not three. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not three. You never know. But well, he, he, technically, this is his last guaranteed year. He does have a, he has this a, true. He has an op, he has, they have a, it's an option year is the next one. So this technically is the last year of his contract. It was, yeah, but yeah. So, all right. Good. Continue. Oh, I don't even know what I was saying, but. <laughs> if you think there'll be change, if you think there'll be a like any change at all by the time, like if it is based, oh yeah, off the crowd. If, if they're if they're legitimately like we're gonna base it on like the crowd's reaction and like the team result, like if they lose and people are chanting, yeah, he's probably gone. So it's probably Green too. But given that they just signed him to a giant like multi million dollar extension, he might stick around, and Benning just might be the guy gone to salvage or save face in front of the fan base. Yeah, the if the they worst, win, the worst possible result out of this would be that say <laughs> that wouldn't be yeah. I mean, okay, like winning cures all. So, but yeah, probably that's up there. But like, or like they win a they win a scrappy like game that they didn't necessarily deserve to win. It was just a lot of like luck yeah. on their side kind of thing. But no, what I was gonna say is the worst possible thing could would be like um, Travis Green getting the axe only. Like, like a case yeah. where people completely single him out as the scapegoat and why the, the team is bad. And he's the one that gets kicked to the curb because again, that when the, when the GM gets to, when, when a new coach is needed, that's the GM getting an extended life, like more extended life. Like they wouldn't yeah. let Jim Benning hire another coach if they were well, going to, if they were going to just ax him at the end of the year anyway. So this regime has surprised us many times in the past, however. So who's to shall, say? Who's to say? Um, yeah, we we shall see if the if they do it. I'm gonna say that I'm apathetic enough at this point that I'm like, I'm very much <laughs> in the case of I'm gonna believe it when I see it. Like I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna even suggest that it might happen really, because like in terms of like if I think like like I'm think like I'm like I don't think it will. Like I just don't. I don't, I will believe it's happening when I see it. Cause again, yeah. this happened last year, this whole situation minus people in the building happened last year and nothing yeah. changed. It happened. The, it happened the year before more. It happened the year before kind of like at the beginning of the season and you know, nothing changed. And then nothing changed. Like I, it is, it's been eight years of this. I'm sick of waiting for that sort of ball shoe to drop. So I am not going to get my hopes up about it because I don't <laughs> feel like, I don't feel like I I've been disappointed enough in my 24 years on this earth. Yeah. Fair. Um, that's probably the best attitude to have about it. Just, you know, hope for the best be positive and hope the players do well. 
hope the players hope, do well. Hope the players return to having fun because at the end of the day, hockey is supposed to be an escape and it's supposed to be fun. So if your appreciation or enjoyment of the NHL club is resulting in you being as miserable as you and I are while recording this podcast, then take a break. Don't watch the team. Yeah. Vote about or vote with your dollar and your conscience. Not tuning in not buying tickets, not buying merch. That is one hell of a way to tell this organization that you're sick of being miserable, trying to watch this team. And and that's not like, and that's not a saying uh, calling for like a boycott or something. It's just like, that's what they listened. That's what they will listen to in like in your, in your case. I did see one thing today where apparently um, this is real. This, this is uh, somebody, uh, some season ticket holders actually tried to cancel and, uh, Oh, couldn't. they weren't allowed to, right? Yeah, they couldn't. Uh, there was something in there was some weird clause in there about that, which is real shady. Um, A little bit. See it. Oh boy, uh, yeah. That that's how the, the they just. Oh god. Um, but yeah, but yeah, voting with your dollar is how is it's literally the only the the main tool a consumer has over the market is to vote with how they spend their money if you don't like what you're seeing you can spend money on other things there are lots of the white caps just made the playoffs go give them your money instead like or, or what have you like whoever like go there are other people there are other enter there's other great entertainment in town that you yeah. could go to instead and enjoy support probably much more support your local arts support your local podcast like this one because you know what yeah. we've got a patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash creasecast we've also got our teespring which is also advertised on our our patreon and in our link description at lockinthecrease.com you can find my stuff i don't think you can pay for my stuff but i'd appreciate it if you went to my website ahlnuxharvest.com clicked all the links so i could maybe afford a brand new car that'd be really appreciated <laughs> but support local cody needs a porsche guys cody needs, cody a, needs porsche. a porsche papa needs a porsche uh you can find me at twitter at cody sievertson my instagram is ahlnuxharvest.com Lachlan, where can the fine folks find your work and support you instead of the Canucks? You can, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lock in the Crease. You can also find my writing work at CanucksArmy.com. I am, God, I'm trying to find something nice to talk about, to write about. <laughs> it's very hard, uh, but I'm going to, we're, we're, I'm, I'm writing there quite a bit. Go check that out. And uh, yeah, um, also, and also in regards to Cody's website, you should go check it out because I think he just put up a bunch of like new, uh, a new bunch of new pages on stats and everything. Oh, that's right. And everything. Yes, you should definitely you actually, plug that. You should plug that. Like, I should plug that. that. I forgot about that. I, uh, I finally, after multiple years, found a way to post stat pages that will be periodically updated. So you can, instead of sending me DMs asking me how so-and-so looked, you can just <laughs> check out their stats and it'll be all there for you. How they're doing at 5v5, on the power play, on the penalty kill, individually. It's all going to be there. I'm going to be trying to track as soon as we're done recording and try to start working on the the Abbotsford Canucks two-game homestand versus the San Jose Barracuda. Your former boys, the Barracuda. Exciting series. I'll have those stats hopefully by this Friday. I will not be recapping this Friday because I'll be at a wedding for my buddy who is just a delightful human being. And Shout out. Yeah. Until then, guys, uh, we'll catch you next time. Hopefully we have something positive to talk about or at yeah. least 
something that makes us crack a smile and laugh a bit more. <laughs> yeah, be be kind to each other. Uh, yes. Be kind. Give, be give, well. Give, stay safe. Give, hug bring your loved. Hug your loved ones. Uh, oh yes. Bring, oh my God. Bring an umbrella. Flooding has been. Uh, yeah. Oh, shout out to anyone in the interior of BC right now who's been displaced by the massive amounts of flooding. Very it's true. fucking terrible. As much as we bitch and complain about the hockey team, Canucks, there it are is much, very small much fucking worse things going on in the world. Yeah. My car problems are peanuts compared to the shit that people in the interior are dealing with. Even people in Abbotsford that are dealing with. So yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to you guys. Sorry to see what's going on out there. And uh, we love Stay you safe. and we'll catch you. Stay safe and we'll catch you on our next episode, everybody. Bye. Bye.